0: Welcome to Epic Catharsis! Welcome back to EC, the show where an expert and his in-law talk about storytelling do's and don'ts and how they can lead to catharsis. This week, unfortunately, Kelly could not join us, so we have a special guest today, Christina who's here to talk about some of her opinions and show some of her passion for storytelling.
1: Happy to be here. So today we're going to talk about The Rising of the Shield Hero, which is an adventure anime. Um, so Rising of the Shield Hero is one of my favorite animes, and I recently rewatched it, so I'm pretty excited to talk about it today.
0: A little bit more specifically, we're going to be talking about Naofumi, the main and uh, main protagonist of the show, which we absolutely fell in love with whenever I saw the show.
1: He's definitely a really interesting character, and I'm excited to kind of delve deeper into who he is and more about the show. So, Rising of the Shield hero starts off in real-world Japan with Naofumi, and he's in the library reading this light novel. And as he's reading this light novel, something weird happens, and he gets sucked into Mel Remark. The king of Melramark and some of his underlings have summoned the four cardinal heroes, the shield hero, the spear hero, the bow hero, and the sword hero.
0: And so with all of these heroes, they come together and they're supposed to fight off these waves and they're supposed to be the, the heroes of the land of legend, even though this is like the dream for any author, you know, reader, you're stuck into this fantasy world. But the king in, has outside motivations, and he does not like the shield hero. So now you find yourself as, now for me, the main hero, and everybody hates you. And I think there's a good reason, in everybody else's view, of why they hate him.
1: So yes, he starts off automatically with some adversity, because nobody really wants him there anyway. Like, why do you need a shield hero? The shield can't fight.
0: No, it's all defense. It's not even offense.
1: And so the king gathers these four heroes into the Great Hall. And he has this group of adventurers there. And he's like, okay, now you have to gather your party. And so these members of... Or not necessarily members. These adventurers, they all choose the hero they want. And of course... Nobody stands behind Now so now he doesn't even have a party.
0: And just to be clear, I don't know if we touched on this, but Naofumi is the shield hero, the one that nobody wants. So he gets, you know, sucked into this world where he's he's awestruck of, oh, I'm in this fantasy land, let's let's see how cool it is, and all of a sudden nobody wants him except for one person. And that person being the princess, the king's daughter.
1: Yes, Princess Malty. She decides to change her mind after initially choosing the spear hero. And then she goes and stands behind Naofumi, but she's the only one who chooses to change. So now you start off with these four cardinal heroes, and each of them have at least four members, except for Naofumi, who only has one. And the first thing they do is they get their little change purse from the king, and they go and gather armor, supplies, and things like that.
0: So after a quick day of adventuring... And figuring out how a shield can actually be useful. Now and the princess go back to the tavern, they, you know, have dinner, and they go to their separate beds and everything. But then the next morning, Naufumi gets dragged in front of the king, and he is presented in the way of an accusation that he abused, raped the princess the night before. Now has no idea what they're talking about. They present evidence, and you come to find out as the viewer. That the princess has this look on her face like, you know, I just set you up, you're screwed, everything is stripped from now for me. And this is where our story truly begins, of this character who goes into this world, who has you know, just the love for adventure, who wanted to help out. That was actually one of the interesting things I found whenever we were watching this, is within the first episode you get everything kind of set up with how the world works and how things are going on with the heroes. And whenever they're first summoned from the real world into this fantasy world, Naufami is the first one when they say, we want help. He says, sure, let me hear your offer. And all of the other heroes, the spear, the sword and the bow, they immediately say, well, what's in it for us? You should send us back home unless you're going to give us money or prizes or something like that. But me's first instinct is to help. And that's kind of, interesting because we've got this character that we now love because well not maybe love yet it's only been a couple minutes in but we have an obvious care for him more than the others because he cares for others and now all of a sudden we're thrown into the character's point of view where everybody hates him and him and the princess are the only ones that know right now that that is false
1: so now fumi with no option to clear his name because nobody's even letting him speak at this point, kind of assumes the role of the bad guy. He's like, fine, you know what? You want to believe I'm this bad guy? I'll pretend to be this bad guy you think I am. He takes the little bit change that he has, tosses it at Melty, and then just storms out and has to make his own way.
0: Yeah, so we're we're getting this character who's... Well, the opposite of what we want. We want somebody who's going to be heroic, who wants to save the day. But instead he said, you know, I'm going to be your villain if that's who you want to be. And so we're forced as an audience to to watch him as, a, as our main protagonist and hero. And we have to find a way to root for him. And that's so interesting as a character. Because most of the time whenever we enjoy characters, like I said, we want the hero. We don't want the villain. And yes, there are characters such as Anakin Skywalker, where you find the hero turning into the villain. This is one where he just straight up says, I am a hero, but I will be your villain. And he acts like it, too.
1: I think the authors or whoever, you know, was producing this show did a really good job of kind of bringing you in and making you so excited for this character. And then all of a sudden, you just kind of get your, like, hopes squashed, because all this happens to Now Fumi, and you really feel that as a viewer. You really feel the betrayal. Because you wanted him to succeed. You wanted him to be like, yeah, I'm the shield hero, and that means something. But then they just kind of strip him of his dignity.
0: And then I think we come to an interesting part, because even though he's trying to be more of a villain, with the way he's acting, he does finally get somebody in his party, someone who you know, will go through the rest of his adventures of the season with him. And it's so interesting who he chooses.
1: So he kinda still assuming the role of this villain, he purchases a slave, this sick little slave girl.
0: Which is definitely controversial in its of itself, because, I mean, slaves are rough and he doesn't just purchase her and then automatically free her. I mean, it's a little while until he kind of I mean, he definitely treats her well, like he feeds her meals and stuff. And people are like, why are you doing that? Why are you treating your slave like a little bit of a person? But he still keeps her as a slave and for a few episodes until he decides to free her.
1: Well, he doesn't actually decide to free her. They take her from him because she's a slave and they think that she doesn't want to be with him because he's this awful person. And so there winds up being a duel between Naofumi and the spear hero over the slave girl. And she's like, no, I don't want to be parted from Naofumi. He took care of me. He made me healthy again. But nobody's actually listening to her and what she wants. They're just like, oh, the shield hero, he's this awful person, you know. He is a slave. We got to stop this.
0: And so we're still stuck here as an audience in the same position that the shield hero is in in the fact of we understand how good he is and the way that he views the world, but everybody is still pulling him down, and it's hard to watch. It's actually kind of rough to watch in a way because you feel what he does in the sense of this betrayal and this this lack of hope. And I think that's an important aspect of this, is that the show keeps constantly dragging you. There's no hope. There's no hope. There's no way for you to get out of the situation Yet he finds a way always to win.
1: And there's this dark humor to it because, you know, these people who claim that he's this awful person, you know, they're not even trying to listen to the girl they're trying to free. They're not listening to what she wants. They don't even care about her.
0: Well, of course not. She's nothing better than he is. I mean, she's a slave and to them he's nothing but, you know, like a devil in a way.
1: And that's where you just get this rage. And so does, you know... Now Fumi has this rage and he gets this rage shield.
0: Yeah, so his shield can do little different upgrades and stuff, and one of them is the rage shield, and it's it's interesting because in order obviously for the rage shield to work, he has to put into his rage, which he obviously has been earning or, you know, finding this hatred throughout the episodes and the season. And so the more that he uses it, the more he gets closer to that evil side that he doesn't actually believe in himself. And even though he's saying that he's a villain, you get this complexity with a character where he has this inner turmoil that you can watch. He says and he acts like he's this evil person, but inside, the way he treats people in intimacy, the way that he helps out the little guys, and even though he's saying, yeah, you need to pay me the max amount for my services, he still will go out of his way to help those in need. And so you're seeing this this internal battle of this guy who wants to still be hopeful in an unhopeful world
1: yeah but you know nobody believes in him so why should he believe in himself
0: but he has to i mean that's how you break through that cycle you have to keep that hopeful side going
1: and that's where you get this really great bond between naofumi and Raftalia, who is his party member you know when he gets into this rage and brings out the rage shield he is it's all consuming, and you know he is rage. But then you get these little voices in the back of your mind, like, "Now, Fumi, you know I need you too. You saved me. I'm a member of your party because I want to be." And so she winds up bringing him out of it, and you know that kind of starts giving him a little bit of hope, and that hope builds as he gets another party member.
0: Yeah, and he he keeps growing his friendship and everything, and through all these people that he's slowly getting these small small relationships with, it's not a bunch of people. I think there's only three or four people that he starts to really get close to. You start to build up and see whenever he's going into his darkest moments, he's drawing on the hope that he's put into these other characters. Because even though he doesn't fully have the hope, he still believes that everybody hates him. He sees that there's no hope in the world, but he's created hope in these other characters. And then once he creates that hope in them they in turn can show it back to him and he can see the good in himself through them. And that to me is, that's the great part of a good character is somebody who can change the lives of others for better and then still have that impactful change in himself.
1: Yeah, because while he can't speak for himself, his actions speak for him.
0: And these actions are truly part of the catharsis. They help bring out and show what the little things that he does. The little ways that he helps, you know, the the old people of society through the, their struggles and the, the gentleness that he has with people individually. Even though he has some rough edges, but, I mean, the world is treating him badly.
1: And, you know, the ironic thing is he winds up cleaning up the other heroes' messes.
0: Yeah, I mean, everybody else, and, you know, they're all, the other heroes say that they do these great things for the towns. They, they planted, you know, some seeds for... A village that was starving and they, they killed a monster and stuff, but these.
1: They the, don't, they don't take into account the repercussions of their actions, and that's what now has to go back and fix.
0: And it's this other side of the story that you really get to witness, not only of the alternate, you know, hero who doesn't, nobody believes in him, but also the other side of, hey, maybe the way that the other people saved the, the day did not actually work. But the most important change that we're going to focus on here is in Naofumi's change of opening up to other people. And this is really where the catharsis starts to hit the nail on the head. This is where you really start to watch the character and realize how amazing his change is. Because you start with this character who wants to help everybody. All he wants to do is he wants to come out and even though he didn't understand the world, he still said, yes, sign me up. Let me see how I can help. Where Where can I sign up? And whenever they said, no, we don't want your help, he decided to come in and say, okay, fine. I'll be your villain, but I'm still going to help. But he closed himself off. See, that was the thing about the princess at the beginning of the story.
1: Yeah, you know, he started out like so open and rearing to go, ready to do what he was brought here to do. And then he just gets so... this he just gets this utter betrayal and he just closes himself off. He doesn't trust anyone. He's helping, but from the shadows and, you know, asking for lots of money in return and just making himself look bad because, you know what? Everybody else thinks he's horrible anyway.
0: And I think that's where he kind of loses faith in himself. You know, he's he's so closed off to other people that he's starting to believe that he himself is a villain. But once you get the relationship between him, Raftalia, and his other party members, he starts to open up a little bit of himself. You know, that first meeting with the princess, they're at the tavern, and he's talking like he's just met the dream girl of his life. He's telling all these cool things that he's found, and she uses it all against him. So he doesn't want to tell Raftalia or anybody any of the close things that make him who he is, but we get to see him open up and see him show the things that he likes and he takes into account what other people like of his party members and stuff. And that's where you really get to see this growth of this character who's kind of just went downhill very fast and then bring himself back up to the light.
1: And, you know, this opening up process is slow. You know, at first, he doesn't even open up to raftalia and his other party member. They just kind of force him open you know they look at his actions they look at what he's doing to other people and they make up their mind for themselves they don't pay attention to what the other people are saying because from what they see and what Fumi does you know he's a hero to them and slowly you know he starts opening up and then you get towards the end of the show and you know he even winds up working with other people and he winds up Assuming lordship of a village, and then you see all these people come and follow him because they believe in what he's doing.
0: And I love this because the village that he ends up becoming the lord of, you know, his little pardon gift of saying, You're not actually that bad, we're going to give you something. He chooses to be lord over this little piece of land, which actually was Ralph Talia's homeland. And it's the land that was owned by the former, by all the slaves that are the current slaves now, but they, you know, weren't slaves to begin with. That was their land. He becomes a lord of that land and gives it back to them. And so he's really, he's epitomized himself as not necessarily the hero of just the story, but the hero of these other people who society looked down on, the people that are in the mud that nobody cares about, the people step over and he says, I am one of you. This is how society treated me. And you all matter, just like I matter, and let's work together in this community, and it's really special to watch.
1: You know, I completely agree.
0: Well, that wraps up this episode of Epic Catharsis. Thank you guys for listening, and please comment and let us know what you guys think of this story of Now for Me. If you haven't seen it yet, please do.
1: Yeah, you know, we really enjoyed it, and if you give it a watch, let us know what you think as well, because I definitely think it's worth it.
0: You can find it on most animation sites, Crunchyroll and Funimation.
1: Thank you for listening to Epic Catharsis, and we'll see you at the next episode. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Epic Catharsis. Check us out at our website, www.epicatharsis.com, or you can check out our Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram pages and let us know what you thought. We'll be back Wednesday, so don't forget to subscribe for more episodes. Okay bye